she pulled me aside and very gently tapped my hand and said, have you thought about scrapbooking? (laughs) And I went, no, I want to be a quilter. And she just kind of looked at me, looked at my piecing and went, hmm. So I didn't go back. You're listening to Fussy Cutters Club podcast, a show that gives you permission to cut into the good fabric so you can make quilts you love. And now your host, who believes it's not a crime to love using novelty fabrics, Ange Wilson. Hi, I'm Ange. It's nice to meet a new friend. It's always nice to meet a new friend and especially a friend that is interested in fussy cutting. Now, I don't know whether you stumbled across me when you were searching for a crafty type of podcast or you found me because we already have some sort of relationship and connection. Whatever it was, I'm grateful to have you here. I want us to connect each week in a weekly chat just like this. Some weeks it'll just be me. Some weeks I'll be joined by a guest. Some weeks I'll be joined by some friends. Who knows what's going to come through that door, but I hope you'll come on the journey with us. As is customary with meeting new people, I thought I would take this time to tell you a little bit about myself. I'm going to be your host through all of this. So this podcast really isn't about me. It's about the people we talk to. It's about you, the people that listen. It is a vehicle and an avenue for me to share and hopefully introduce you to some new things, broaden your horizons a little bit, give you the courage to try something that you've been wanting to try but didn't know how, inspire you to try something new, inspire you to double down on what you love. It's really about you and your journey with fabric and different ways to look at that fabric and have fun with that fabric. This is your weekly permission to go out, fondle the fabric, make the things you love and have fun. So I hope you'll enjoy coming on this journey each week with us as we meet talented fussy cutters the world over. So a little bit about me. Who am I? I'm Australian. G'day mate. I've been sewing now for nearly 11 years, actually probably a little bit more than 11 years. I am not a natural sewer, not in the slightest. I didn't grow up in a home where people sewed all the time. I didn't have an inkling to sew all the time. I appreciate fashion and I admire people who sew and could make things with fabric. I was a massive geek for Project Runway when it first got started. I just, that was as far as it went. It wasn't like I woke up and lived and breathed sewing. I didn't even know that there were stores dedicated to sewing stuff. So, you know, it's not like I had it in my blood, so to speak. But the one thing I do really appreciate, and this will sound really weird, and my husband gives me a hard time about it, time is good set design. When we're watching a movie or we're watching a TV series, it's the set design and the costuming that hook me. A lot of times I would turn to him and go, did you just see that platter in the background? Did you see the beading on that bodice? And things like that, which drives him bananas. Anyway, so I get a lot of American TV in Australia, as most Western cultures do these days. 
And there was this thing that kept popping up and intriguing me and they were quilts. I'd never seen a quilt. We live in the tropics, man. There's no need for a quilt here. We have dunas and very British, I know, duna, but we have no quilts. I had never seen a quilt until I was in my 20s. And so I'd only ever seen them sort of in magazines and TV shows and movies and they always fascinated me. And then I love this idea of heirloom crafts. I love that people can make something and a hundred years later still be in use. And so that always intrigued me and fascinated me. When I was in a high school, I had this dream of being an artist and really it was a bit of a dream because I wasn't very patient and I didn't want to practice. And my father gave me some faithful advice, which is very true, that artists don't pay the bills. And and he's right. Statistically, not many people are fortunate enough to make money out of their art. And so it was never something that I thought I could pursue. It was something I did to relax and defrag and kind of just put my personal touch on things. But it wasn't something that I considered to be a career option. And then I was fortunate enough to move 20 years ago um, to move to Canberra, which is the capital of Australia, not Sydney or Melbourne people, but Canberra. And I love Canberra. Canberra is a beautiful place to live. And when I moved down there, one of the things I loved about it was it had four seasons where I had moved from a place that had one. It was hot, hot or damn hot. And I moved to a place that had spring and autumn and a summer and it definitely had a winter. And at the time when I moved, it coincided with my gran, who I love and adore, going to a communal living situation for elderly people. And it meant that she had to downsize. And so she was going through all of her bric-a-brac and knickknacks and amazing things that she'd collected over her lifetime. And she was a sewer, but she was a utilitarian sewer. So she used to sew for the grandkids, sew to mend, sew to repair, hem curtains, that kind of thing. And as a kid, it used to amuse her greatly that I was the only grandchild that used to request if she was making clothes for us, where the fabrics would go, where the colours would go, what I would like it to look like. I was a mini Coco Chanel trapped in the body of a Bogan Australian. And so (laughs) I don't know what possessed her, but I think it was the memory of those times together that made her decide to send me her sewing machine. And her sewing machine was her pride and joy. It was the thing that allowed her to gift to the kids when money was tight. It was the thing that allowed her to provide for her family when they were doing things tough and things needed mending and repairing. And so she very generously sent it to me and a bit of an odd choice because I had failed home ec in high school uh, to the point where my home economics teacher used to make me sit on the veranda whenever there was sewing and I was allowed to colour in and draw so that I didn't sew my fingers together and she didn't have to fill out any paperwork. So... (laughs) bold choice sending me the sewing machine, but she did, which I am grateful for. And when the sewing machine turned up, I was only a few months into being in Canberra and I kind of put it away. I didn't really take it out. I was, you know, it was a great memento of my grand, 
but I didn't see any purpose in it. And then a few years went by and I met my lovely husband and we got married and um, we were trying to start a family. And I was working in IT in a job that was fairly stressful and, you know, trying for a baby ain't all it's cracked up to be. And going through an IVF procedure and having operations and having to deal with that stress on top of the stress of a job. And yeah, it was just, I was losing the plot. And so my IVF specialist said, get a hobby girl. (laughs) And I thought, fair enough. And so I went out and I was cleaning through some stuff at home and I came across the sewing machine and I thought, you know what? I'm going to make those clothes and those bags that I've always dreamed of. I'm going to make it happen. And so I looked up Google probably and found a fabric store in Canberra and chortled off to the fabric store thinking I would buy bag making supplies and bag patterns and fabric for bags. And I walked through the door and there on the walls were sample quilts. And my heart, it was like, you know, in the cartoons where the cartoon person has the love hearts bulging out of their eyes. That was me in the door of that shop, looking at those walls, seeing that fabric, seeing those colors, the texture. I just, everything I knew in life stopped in that moment. And I knew I had to make a quilt. Now, I want you to keep in mind, I've only just seen a quilt in real life for the first time. I have no sewing experience. I have no one in my life that can sew to learn from, but here I am determined to make a quilt. And I'm going to tell you, I did what any self-respecting would-be quilter did that day. I bought 400 bazillion meters of fabric in every color. I just went in there and went, I like that. I like that. I like that. I like that. No plan, no nothing. I bought a quilt pattern I had no idea what a quilt required to be constructed. I just bought the pattern that I thought I liked. I went up to the counter, dropped it all on the counter. No one in that store asked me what I was doing, whether I'd sewn before. They just rang it up and sent me on my way. And so I went home and I hit the internet and I remembered some of the stuff that I had vaguely learnt in home economics. And so I sewed my first quilt Now, I had to buy everything. Like, I started from scratch, had to buy everything, rotary cutter, mat, ruler. No one told me how to use these. It is a miracle that I still have all 10 digits to this day. And so I made my first quilt. And in the process of making that first quilt, I knew I had Googled enough and watched enough YouTube that I knew I had to quilt this thing at some stage. But I knew well enough that the $100 Janome that my nan had had for like a decade would not handle it. And so I Googled what the options were for finishing a quilt where you didn't finish the quilt and long armor services came up in our area. And so I took it to a long armor and explained to her, I'm new, this is my first quilt top, quilt it. And she took one look at it and went, you know nothing, grasshopper. You've sewn this entire quilt top with a one-eighth fashion seam. (laughs) And I'm like, yep, (laughs) that's me. And she's like, this is a bold colour choice. And I'm like, yeah, I like them all. And so she told me very wisely that I should do a beginner's quilt course. And so I went and enrolled in a beginner's quilt course. And the lady who was teaching the course 
I don't know how else to explain it, but she didn't know what to do with me. And so I will put photos in the show notes of the piecing that I did on that faithful course. And about three nights into the course, it was like a weekly course, she would go every week. She pulled me aside and very gently tapped my hand and said, have you thought about scrapbooking? (laughs) And I went, no, I want to be a quilter. And she just kind of looked at me, looked at my piecing and went, hmm. So I didn't go back, right? And I persevered making my own quilts without it. And I took my next quilt top to that same long armour. And she said, sister, if you're going to keep spending money and doing this, you really need to learn. And I told her that I had gone to a class and that that class lady had crushed me like a bug on a windscreen at a high-speed highway. And she said, yeah, that's because you went to the wrong place. You need to go here and gave me the details of a quilt store and a teacher that she recommended. And I went and fortunately for me, there was a class the next week and I signed up and that teacher changed my life. She knew what to do with this bull in a china shop, this person who was so impatient to have everything just done and made already. And she took I would say the raw potential that I had as a quilter and she focused it. She made me slow down. She made me restitch stuff. She made me pay attention to what I was cutting. She made me take a lot of deep breaths and calm down doing stuff because I was just so excited. Like I was just so excited to make a quilt. I wanted to see those blocks and what they would look like finished and and I just – excited, like a golden retriever puppy excited. And so her and I spent a lovely 12 weeks together learning and I finished my first ever quilt top. And lo and behold, in that class, not in the actual class, but while taking that class, I fell pregnant uh, with the embryo that is now our 11-year-old son. And I haven't looked back on either things. I do one thing between parenting and quilting. I do one of them way better than I do the other one. I'll let you decide which one that is. But I am so very fortunate that the two things that I love in life came along at the same time. I do love more than two things. Don't tell my husband. And I get to share that with everybody else. So that's how I became a quilter. And now I took that enthusiasm and the first year of quilting, I said very confidently on the internet, I'm going to make a quilt a month for 12 months. I made five quilts that year, which is a massive effort. And the declaration of making one quilt top a month was reflective of I had no idea how much effort went into making them and how much faffing about I would have choosing fabrics. So, you know, setting that goal certainly made me grow quicker than I would have without that goal. But yeah, and it just, it snowballed. It went from there. And I was very fortunate because I was working in IT. I was internet savvy to a certain extent and the internet was just getting started. It was 2002, people. Facebook didn't even exist. And so I started blogging uh, when I first moved to Canberra and I turned my personal blog into a blog about my quilting journey. And it just got a life of its own. And through that blog, I got to go on Project Runway Australia as an audience member, not a sewist. That would have been hilarious. Uh, I got to meet 
the friends that I still have to this day. I got massive opportunities to travel and teach and meet amazing people. I wrote a little book called The Fussy Cutters Club and, you know, I've published patterns, I've self-published, I've taught on cruises, I've taught internationally, I've been to international shows, like just stuff that I had no idea was even possible and would no concept that it would come from this sewing machine and this gift that my gran had given me and here I am. And the thing that brings me the most joy with quilting is the fabric, is having fun with the fabric. It's the fussy cutting the fabric. It's taking what some designer has put out into that world and putting my own spin on it and using it to create something that I love and I can hand down to the generations after me and they too will get something. You know, having a kid it's true what they say. It's a little bit of your heart just walking around out there. And it brings me no end of joy to know that if anything happens to me, God forbid, he has a lifetime of hugs in the blanket box in his room where he can just take them out and snuggle with them and think of his mum. And that means the world to me. And so one of the joys in my life is I am now in a position where I can host a podcast where I can talk to people who share the same joy. And that's what the goal of this podcast is. This is all about meeting fussy cutters the world over. And we're going to meet some non-fussy cutters, but I kind of think they just haven't met a fussy cut they love yet because everyone's got some fussy cutter in them. We're going to talk about their favorite fabrics, their favorite blocks, their favorite journeys, the things that they love to do with fussy cutting, we are going to talk about all things fabric, fussy, fabulous. Maybe that should be our tagline. But yes, that's the plan for this. So I hope you'll in, come on the journey with us. I hope that you enjoy hearing different perspectives, learning from other people, embracing the things that you might not love but somebody else is really enthusiastic about. I hope you enjoy shaking off the shackles of the quilt police. I hope that this inspires you and gives you confidence to go out there and make the quilts that you love and reflect who you are. My hope in this podcasting adventure is that we can all grow together and we can all fall further in love with fabric. So how about it? Are you with me? Awesome. I knew I could count on you. You look like just the kind of person to have fun with. So I'll see you back here next week for the next episode in our new adventure, The Fussy Cutters Club. Thanks for listening to The Fussy Cutters Podcast. Enjoyed listening? Why not subscribe so you'll never miss an episode? Did you know the quickest way to the heart of any podcaster is to leave a review or recommend the podcast to a friend? It's true, it is. Until next week, get out there and fondle that fabric. <laughs>